fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of Fireside and Some Flights. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And tonight we have not planned an episode for you, but we're going to talk about what we like. Yeah. So. <laughs> but before before we dive into... And, and that's of... all the introduction you get. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, <laughs> but before we dive into kind of what we've been playing, what we've been reading, some icebreaker questions, we are uh, we are obviously drinking. Yep. So Dalton, what are, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking um, one that you picked up for me. Uh, Shorts Brew, uh, that's the name of the company, um, Shorts Brewing Company, and they call this a mule beer, and this is literally just a <laughs> Moscow mule. <laughs> it's a brown Moscow mule. <laughs> it's a brown Moscow mule. It's good, um, Yeah. but it says it's an ale brewed with lime and ginger, um, and if you don't know how to make a Moscow mule, you take a ginger beer and you add <laughs> lime, basically. Yeah, <laughs> pretty easy, actually. <laughs> right? I feel like there's probably something else in it. I, I, probably I'm, alcohol. <laughs> there is alcohol. <laughs> But I haven't made one in a long time. I'd have to look it up. But I know I've had them, and this like straight up just tastes like it. Yeah, it. Yeah. So I had a little sip, and it it's very refreshing. Yeah, right? it feels like you know I need to be like walking outside on a summer day. Right. Drinking this. Right. It says it's like best served in a t- in a like copper can. Of course, yeah. Or a copper cup. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're definitely owning it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it's exactly what you expect. Like you're like, oh, maybe it'll taste like a Moscow mule. You would be right. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You have described the taste perfectly. For sure. But it's good. I'm enjoying it. Good. So, about you? Uh, I, I uh, grabbed a bottle off of your shelf, and I am drinking Sexton's, which is something that we drank in the whiskey tasting episode. It's right. an Irish whiskey. This is, you said, about $25 bottle. It's the yeah. one that's really cool. It's like the uh, the, the hexagon type yeah. bottle. So yeah. it, it's it's a really cool bottle. But yeah, so I'm, I'm drinking this. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I always forget how dark that whiskey is. It really is. I was just looking at that. Yeah. It's like almost it's like a ruby like, color. It doesn't really help that the bottom of this glass is like black that's true yeah so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I assume that there's some reflection there but yeah i mean it, it is a it's a dark tinted whiskey yeah. maybe not as tinted as that civil war whiskey that we that's had. right oh. <laughs> i just got a hangover yeah <laughs> i'm still nursing mine from two episodes ago so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh yeah so that's that's what's on our flights so let's uh, let's start with our table. Let's yeah. start with our, what we've been playing. Dalton, yeah. you want to start us out? Sure. Yeah, we've recently had a, kind of a small kick in games that are more random than I guess you would say than games we normally play. Yeah. So last time we were hanging out, we played Quacks, Quacks of Quindlinburg. Yeah. Such a great game. It is such a great game. Like it, it definitely deserves the fame that it has. Absolutely. And for a long time, it was really hard to find, and so I was really happy to find <laughs> yeah. uh, a copy of it and be able to pick it up. I think I know we've talked about Quacks, but if you if you don't remember, if you haven't played it, um, it's a it's a bag builder. Um, so you're kind of buying little chits, um, and the theming is that you're kind of like a mad potion maker, um, and so you're trying to push your luck in pulling out of your bag. And it, at a certain point, if you pull too too many of a certain type of chit out of your bag, then like your pot explodes, and which really doesn't have that negative of effect, which is really a pretty strong point for the game. Yeah. Basically, you're trying to push your luck so that you score money and victory points. If you blow up, you only get to choose one. Um, and then you use your money to buy more chits, and that's kind of that's kind of the point of the game. <laughs> yeah, and all the chits kind of have, or the chits that you can buy have some different like powers. Yeah. So like whenever you draw, maybe if uh, if you've already drawn a pumpkin and you draw um, the mushroom, I think it is, or whatever. Yeah, the red one. <laughs> yeah, the red one. <laughs> then like you get to move even further on the track. Or there's yeah. some that it's like if you have drawn more than your opponents, then you get a ruby, and just like yeah. so. There, there's there's probably I'm trying to think seven. Seven. 
Seven. I think there's seven, and then then like the white garlic ones, which yeah. are the ones you that uh, you start with that are the ones that will end your the, the bad ones, the bad ones, <laughs> the the ones that you don't want in your potion. Yeah. Every single time I've played that game, I've really enjoyed it. I'd never go into it wanting or expecting to win. Right. Because <laughs> like it's 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 you know you're drawing randomly from a bag, so there is a significant amount of luck involved with right. that. But it's always just like so much fun because it's always just like, okay, I'm like feeling in my bag. I have six more. Right. Two of these will kill me. Right. Or like blow up my potion. Is it worth? Yeah, it probably is. Right. Go for it. Right. And then always, always you will draw the one that will kill your potion. So yeah, it's inevitable. But like flip side of that, it's like super fun when that doesn't happen. Like uh, at the end of the game, I was like way behind and <laughs> I pulled, I'm trying to remember. I think I had like 10 or 11 chits in the bag and there was like, it was like two or three bad ones. Um, and I pulled until I only had like five chits left in the bag. Like I pulled five in a row and didn't hit the bad ones. I think I had two. That was so awesome. I think too. I had two because I, I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like 10 or 11 total with two bad ones and um, two of the garlics. And so it's like super rewarding because I had this <laughs> massive turn at the end right. of the game that like caught, I didn't win, but like I also didn't come in last anymore, right? It <laughs> yeah. like put me in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, cool, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was satisfying. And I think that is kind of what I wanted to talk about. Like we play these really big, um, strategy games consistently that don't have a lot of randomness and you know they don't have a lot of randomness so that you your strategy is rewarded because otherwise if I have this like really epic strategy and then something random comes in and defeats it like that's not a very fun game mechanic for me but as a result of that I think we typically play games that are really not fun to lose you know yeah yeah um, and that's a good point yeah and and having like that higher randomness in in quacks really makes for just like a more like lighthearted and enjoyable experience the other one that we played that feels like that too is dice forge i love that game so much yeah like, i just like keep thinking about it it's go ahead and talk about it but i just needed to like whenever you said that i was like yes i need yeah. to say something about that <laughs> yep yep so dice forge you it's a dice builder i think it's the only one out there. so it's such a cool <laughs> such a cool idea <laughs> yeah yeah so you're basically given two six-sided dice at the start of your at the start of the game and both of them um the faces can be like popped out and replaced with other faces so over the course of the game you're kind of rolling your dice and you get money and victory points from them um, and then you're using that money to buy more expensive dice faces and like upgrade your dice and then there's kind of two other like resources that can be generated by the dice and then you can buy like special cards that are around the board um, that will give you like either like a massive one-time benefit or like an ongoing kind of engine builder type benefit yeah um, or just sometimes it's like a whole bunch of victory points and so then the, the game plays out with you like rolling your dice and collecting resources uh, and collecting money and upgrading your dice and getting more victory points. So, but because they're two six-sided dice, and you're only replacing one. You can invest a whole lot of money in a really good dice face, die face, <laughs> and then just never roll it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, um, so you have to and like kind of go in with a, again that kind of lighthearted attitude. Um, yeah. You need to have like a beer, you know, cracked yeah. open. <laughs> um, you need to, I think, kind of move quickly. You know, I think the games. Both both of those games can probably overstay their welcome if they're more than like a forty five minute you know to an hour game, and both of those can be played faster than that. But yeah, yeah, it, yeah, on their high end, if they get above that, I think they start to lose some of their value. You know, I, I agree with that, and I also think that because of like the high randomness and everything, you don't want it to be a long game because it can mm -hmm. be very swingy. It can be very kind of like out of nowhere. These big turns can happen, and all of a sudden you're at the very top, and so like yeah. At least for me, like if I'm going to play something that's over an hour mm -hmm. um, or maybe over an hour and a half, 
-hmm. I don't want it to be determined by a dice roll at the end. Like I, I'd rather my higher strategic, higher like Euro type war games or what, or Euro type or war games Mm -hmm. live in that space, and then give me some random stuff that I can drink a beer, play at the end of the night, type random. I don't care if I. It's more of a social. For sure. Game. I don't care if I lose. I would rather play the game twice. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like play quickly and play twice and just have the kind of like the, the tactile fun mechanisms of like rummaging around in your little bag of tricks and quacks or, <laughs> you know, taking taking like these like dice rolls and being like, wow, that was like a really epic turn. And everyone's like, oh, that's really cool. But yeah. I don't know. You didn't like you didn't have this massive strategy that set that up. You just like, you know, you hit the right thing at the right time. Yeah. The other thing that I find myself with like a quacks or with a dice forge is kind of like i i feel like yeah i'm playing the game but i'm also like rooting for everybody at the table mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially like because I, I think you bought a times three dice face i did, did yeah yeah and i'm just like oh i want to see it come right. on let's go <laughs> right right so it's, and then i hit it like on resources that i was already maxed out on like, <laughs> like no <laughs> i had to hit it like four times and three of the times it had to didn't have an effect <laughs> dang it <laughs> yeah it, it's a area of games that we don't really talk about a lot and i don't necessarily know if we play a lot of them, we play a lot of like lighter games, like right. the mind or the crew to kind of kill out the night. But yeah. I, that's true. We're kind of on either end of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. either extremely complicated or not at all. Yeah, exactly. There, there's more space for these types of games, like in our gaming nights. So mm-hmm. like when, when we finish a night, when we finish a game, like, especially now that you have quacks, like I, I would not mind playing that every game night. Right. Yeah. Cause it's so quick. It's so easy. And it's just like a, kind of that wind down game. For sure. So yeah. it's it's simple enough that we can all like have a conversation over top of it and everything. Yeah. So that's very, very true. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what's been on my I guess on my mind about what's been on my table <laughs> to complicate the two. But I've um, just been thinking more about like, okay, we, I, I enjoy that space and I'm I'm trying to find some games in it that I'm I guess willing to try or willing to play. Games that I know will be successful for <laughs> yeah. us. What about you? So I got I got two things that on my mind for, for board games that, that I kinda wanted to talk about. The first one is Maybe the thing that I'm most excited to talk about on this podcast ever. Okay. And it's a revamp of a game that is 12 years old, uh-huh. which makes me very sad when I heard that. <laughs> but <laughs> they're coming out with a Summoner Second Edition. Yeah. <laughs> and when I realized that that was 12 years old, I immediately felt old and kind of cried in the bathroom. But it was fine. Uh- <laughs> But so they're coming out with Summoner War Second Edition. Plat Hat Games is putting out um, a, a reimplementation of their very first game, which was Summoner Wars. Yeah. And so, so, so tell us about Summoner Wars because I don't know that we've okay, really yeah. like talked that much about it on the podcast. Okay, let's go. So Summoner Wars is a, it's a combination of a deck construction. So not a deck builder, but you would mm-hmm. build your deck at the be- before you sat down to play, mm-hmm. um, and it's a two-player tactical game so it simulates like this deck construction like a living card game not really but similar to a living card game mm-hmm. plus kind of a war tactics game mm-hmm. and so it's it's a grid system and what you have to do is every, each player picks a summoner they have special powers the summoners have special powers and then you pick cards from the summoners faction mm-hmm. that you can build your deck out with and the object of the game is basically to kill the opponent's summoner mm-hmm. whenever you destroy a unit from another by from your opponent that unit becomes magic then you can use that magic to summon more units onto the field but it's like rules wise it's very simple because like mm-hmm. you you can move and you can attack and that's pretty much it where where the complexity comes in and like the strategic decisions come in are kind of how all the cards interact with each other because you're going to have 
factions that are focused around healing. You're going to have factions that are focused around flooding the field with monsters. They're mm-hmm. very inexpensive. Some of them cost zero, and you just fill the field, right? <laughs> uh, they do like nothing, but they just clog things up. Mm-hmm. Or they're they're you know they're mercenaries that can go in any deck. So it, it creates this really interesting like choice to to build your deck to bring to the table, and. Like when when they did the first version of Summoner Wars, there was like a master set. Then they would put out all of these like le- or Summoner packs where you would have one or two new factions in it, and you could build it out that way. Mm-hmm. What's really cool that they're doing about Summoner Wars 2.0 is they are going to have the physical game, but they're also doing an online implementation. Mm-hmm. So think kind of like Hearthstone ish, where it's a it's an online game, and what they're doing. At least the first year, it's ten dollars for the year, and then, okay. and then it, I think it after that, it's like two dollars a month or something. Uh-huh. But like with that, you get all the core factions, and then there's a rotating faction of the month that you get for free, mm-hmm. and then you get to play it online. And like one of the things that was really bad about this game is I could never find people to like play it in person. With yeah. <laughs> so I played it a lot on the app. Yeah, and so I'm, I was about I'm, to say that it has a pretty decent app it has a really good app it has a really good app the only or the downside to the app is that it had like the base factions and like the first wave of expansion uh, Mm -hmm. uh, factions and then after that they kind of stopped supporting the app oh and so there's i mean they went into second summoners so every faction got a second summoner which had whole new powers Mm -hmm. whole new cards then they went into alliances where it was like two factions melded together which was super cool to play with uh but the that just wasn't on the app and gotcha. so I have all the cards because I mm-hmm. am a completionist and I needed them. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really excited because it seems like Plat Hat is really putting forth the effort to support the online implementation and that any new factions are going to be online. And I, I, I'm really excited to see that kind of revitalization into this game because I love this game. I think I think yeah. it's so much fun. You can sit down, you can play a game in 30 minutes and the customization is just so intriguing to me. Yeah. And so I feel like if you and I like played more physical games of this game, it would probably be in your top five. Probably. Yeah. You know. The beta version is out right now, so you can go play. I haven't played. I plan on trying it out this weekend, but cool. it's just been a busy week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm hoping to find some people to play online. Like when I was playing on the app, there were people that I would just play games Game after game after game. I yeah. never. There's no chat feature or anything. We just like, oh yeah, I know that guy. I'm gonna just keep playing with him. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I'm just really excited and pumped to see that. If you want to play, hit me up. Let's play. Let's. <laughs> let's do it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, reach out to me on Instagram or something, and and we'll play. Yeah. So be aware that Nelson has played a lot of Summoner Wars. <laughs> not in a long time though. <laughs> I, I like. I, I broke out the app and I was like, oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not that good anymore. <laughs> So, um, I I have played a lot of Summon Wars. I I think I had said before, but I'm at like 1,200 online games yeah. on the app. So yeah. it, I go in and get beat by like the medium level computer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not good at Summoner Wars. I don't know what it is. It's just I'm just not good at that game. Yeah, it is a game that very highly rewards multiple plays. Yeah, because yeah. not only like because you, you get, have to know the factions and stuff. You have to know your faction and you have to know their faction. And that that is a breakdown of the game, yeah. Because if if I know what your faction is gonna do, I know how to counter your faction two moves ahead. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was something that Mike brought up uh, when he was down here. He he yeah. said that he wanted to, he thought it'd be interesting to do. And so 
what it what it is like if you've heard the story of like where you trade the guy traded like the paperclip to a house right so right. yeah so when like ebay was first starting out and you could yeah, do a lot of trades he was stuff, just able like, to like trading up yeah yeah tra- which like awesome like <laughs> like pro move right there right he, he was like it would be kind of cool to like have like you guys do that to see how far you can trade what you can what you can get and mm-hmm. so that i i'm gonna do that i i set a limit of twenty dollars mainly like i i could do a paperclip but i also no one's gonna trade a paperclip for a board game right so <laughs> and then also just because of shipping costs of board games it's not really worth to ship anything that's less than like fifteen dollars right uh, just because shipping is going to cost ten to fifteen dollars anyways. So right. So I, I set a limit of twenty dollars, um, and I've been kind of hunting for some deals. Yeah. And we're gonna see how far I can I can get up. What would be to, like your 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 goal? Like your you know what I mean? Like the the holy grail. The holy grail. The trade. holy grail. Like if you could pick something to get to. I've just bought everything I wanted. <laughs> 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 okay, so I think. So there are a you couple. You get one of those like, um, like the limited edition like Catan sets that had, <laughs> you know, like the 3D printed tiles yeah. <laughs> and everything. That'd be really cool. I think something that I would really like to get would be a one of the Splatter games. Uh, so like Splatter has like Food Chain Magnate, and then I have Antiquity by them. Mm-hmm. But their games are pretty old and pretty. R- rare uh-huh. and expensive so like retail these games are 80 to 100 dollars mm-hmm. and so i think it'd be cool to be able to trade my way up to splatter like one of them that i'm looking at right now is roads and boats okay. which i think would be kind of cool it has i think i posted about antiquity i don't think it has that many pieces i think i counted antiquity has about 1700 pieces in it mm, wow. uh, roads and boats i think is less than that but <laughs> maybe not uh but I think it would be due. But I did. I've been hunting for a while. I've been hunting since Mike brought it up yeah. a couple months ago, and I finally found a deal for twenty dollars, uh-huh. which I actually had Amazon credit, so it cost me zero. But nice, twenty dollars. My starting point. I got a Zool for twenty dollars. There you go. So we'll see where we can get. That's a solid deal, right? I was like, yeah. I could trade a Zool. Yeah. I have traded a Zool. I traded it to you. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I've already done it. So. We'll see where we can get Azul. Also, if you wanted to help me out and like give me a really cool game for Azul, yeah. let me know. Yeah, <laughs> just make my life a lot easier. Right? No, that's cheating. Make it hard. For <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I I'm excited to see. I'm gonna see probably probably a year. Okay. We'll, we'll give it a year and we'll like I'll I'll update throughout if I make some cool trades. But uh, a year from now, a year from this release date, let's. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see where I got to. I'm probably just going to have a copy of Azul, but it's going to be great. <laughs> At least I only spent 20 bucks on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really good idea. It'll be fun to see where you get to. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping excited. it's like you end up in like some crazy limited edition something or like yeah. ancient, like first edition, you know, first edition Twilight Imperium yeah. that's just like impossible to find or something. Never going to play it. But. Never going to play it. But like it's broken, but you have it, you know. Yeah, like some like eight hundred or a thousand dollar game. <laughs> like, holy cow! How did you do that? Uh, and all it took was twenty dollars on Amazon. Yeah, my goal would be for you to get to is there was like at one point I don't remember. I just remember from my childhood, my parents bought us this like Pokemon board game. I've heard about this. Yeah, I, 
think you've told me about I think it. I, I don't told know if we've talked it. about it on the podcast, though. So tell me what this is. Yeah, I, I see. I barely even remember the game. I just know that there was like 100, and they had all like 151 Pokemon, and they're on these little like half dollar sized like discs. Oh, man. And nice. they would get like placed out throughout, is it like Kanto region or whatever? Whatever the first region is <laughs> of Pokemon, you know? Like, um, Johto? Kanto? Kanto sounds right. Nah, I don't know. I really just threw it out there because I just. It's That's one of like. them. Yeah, it's one of them. And so you start like at you know in like Pallet Town, you know, and you like work your way through like the eight gyms, and you have to like, and you're kind of building your little like your little Pokemon team or whatever. You I think you even have like six slots, and you can pick up items and stuff. Um, and then you have to like get to the Elite Four, and you have to like beat the Elite Four, which is actually like super random. And That's like, awesome. It like doesn't. It's <laughs> like the Elite Four mechanism is like pretty much just broken. Like it doesn't. It's kind of like roll enough dice, and who and when you roll the dice, right, you win. Woo! But just the act of like building your team by like kind of going yeah. through and like you like stop on a space, and you can like battle that Pokemon, and then you can like capture it and stuff. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah. So like that part of it is just like really fun because it yeah. really feels like you're building your team, and you kind of like get to ramp through the game. You know. I'll, um, I'll be on the lookout for that one. Yeah, right. It, it has mostly <laughs> just a bunch of nostalgic value, and yeah. it's actually not a very good game. But like for people that grew up with you know like red and blue version, like yeah. we did, yeah, know, yeah. it was like it was so fun to play. Oh, that's so cool. So, but you can't find it like any. They don't produce it anymore, <laughs> so you can never find it. Yeah. And every yeah. version that you ever see out there is like missing some of the pieces. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's <laughs> of course like, right. <laughs> yeah, they uh they just announced a open world Pokemon game. Oh yeah, so it's I like saw Pokemon that. Arceus. Yes, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, but so that looks really cool. So yeah. that that almost convinces me to buy a Wii, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then actually, uh, they they announced remakes for Sapphire and Ruby. I love um, it. Yeah, and that that actually like that's super tempting because those were kind of I think those were my favorite. Yeah, like I think for through. both of us, that's kind of where we like peaked and stopped. Right. You know, yeah, I didn't around stop. that generation. I love Pokemon. So, <laughs> oh yeah, but that that was kind of like the peak of like oh yeah, this is this is really really cool. So. Mm-hmm. There are, there's a lot of new Pokemon content out there, so if you're into that, go ahead and check it out. Well, if you're into that, you know about it you already. You know about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's transition to what we've been reading or what's been on our mind, what we've been watching. Anything sure. uh, you got? The main thing that I'm excited for, um, so I haven't started watching yet, but I'm excited for uh, My girlfriend and I, are. we were just like rewatching through Avatar The Last Ember, and we may have talked about that. And we were like, we were noticing a discrepancy with uh, Kyoshi. Badass Kyoshi? Right, badass Avatar Kyoshi. <laughs> because it's like in the episode with like um, Chin the Conqueror, right? Where like Aang is on trial. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Kyoshi's like past crimes. They mentioned like, yeah, 400 years ago, like Chin the Conqueror, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, wait, time out. Like Aang is like, a, you know, 100 years old. <laughs> and then there was an Avatar before him. And then Kyoshi was the avatar before him. Right. Like, how do we get to fo- like 400 years? Turns out, canon, Kyoshi is over 200 years old <laughs> <laughs> in the avatar universe. Woman too angry to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she just killed, kills people that kill her, and then she just never dies. Um, but there are like two, like, so there's a bunch of, we've talked, there's a bunch of avatar content outside of like Avatar The Last Jedi Show and Korra. Because there's like there's comics and there's two novels yeah. and both of the oh, novels, I didn't know there were novels yeah there are two novels and both of them are um, based around Kiyoshi, um, so they tell like her like from a young age and th- but they are a novel they're not like a graphic novel um, they're are, they're a real novel and 
access to that novel is included in an Audible membership for free. No kidding. Yeah. So I found that out today. Oh, cool. So like I went because I was just like I was like, hey, like we have some extra credits, so I'll go buy it. And it was like, oh, this is free. And I was like, oh, that's better. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know that there were books included. And we in still membership. have nine credits. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's still still more credits to use. I wouldn't have even minded, but they didn't charge me one. So that's but anyway, awesome. if you have an Audible account, then you have access to those books at least as of like today <laughs> march of 2021 something yeah oh um, that's really cool okay yeah so i think they're like just looking briefly they were on that scale of like 11 to 14 hours that's that's medium um yeah yeah that's, that's it was nice. actually longer than i expected it yeah to be. That, i was i was expecting like a four to six yeah like, and so i think they do a lot of world building through those books because oh, they can because she's like yeah. so old you know that they, and she's an earthbender yeah, yeah, she's an so offender. World building. Yes. Oh yeah. So, but I just read some summaries about what her life looks like. Oh, um, cool. And it's very different, I think, of an Avatar story than you would expect. Um, she basically, like, from a very like, was orphaned from a young age, and like, That's didn't sad. know she was the Avatar because no one was oh, track- like, they oh. lost track of her. <laughs> basically you know there's some committee out there like okay where where steve where's the avatar right (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) good news and bad news (laughs) what's the good news well you call my bluff on that one (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah i've been looking for more avatar content because um because of the avatar network you know announcement i've just been like super excited about it and so um that's that's kind of my my next read after i think after red rising probably okay. read red rising yeah. first get prepared for the episode and then join that book over. club join that book club yeah so we're doing a book club on discord also i think we've said it on three episodes now red rising april 8th yep be there be square be there be uh, square <laughs> Have we? Um, i've been rereading through red rising but also i because of all your Witcher content, I decided to go ahead and watch The Witcher on Netflix. Ah, I got you. <laughs> you got me. So <laughs> it was a good series. It was, it was a really good you series. You finished it. I, I did f- finish it. The yeah. first season. Yeah, first season. the only season, one yeah. that's out. So it's eight episodes. Super mm. digestible. We finished it in like two days. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, mm. it's very confusing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Best Halloween costume ever. <laughs> <laughs> Dress in all black, wear a white wig, and just go. Mm, yeah, in the corner. It's also nice because you like also have his muscular tone. So, <laughs> <laughs> just so you guys know, I look exactly like Henry Cavill. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's honestly very intimidating. So. <laughs> and you you make a dashing Jennifer. Gen- oh, so. <laughs> thank you so much. But yeah, so it's it, like like you were saying, it it is very out of order, not in yeah. chronological, and that got very confusing. The bard does not age, which does not help. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like we, we yeah, talked, the other about, characters like have a canon reason for not aging. Right. The bard doesn't. So yeah. it's just really confusing. Like outside of the very confusing, around episode seven is kind of where things started to fall into place, and I started to understand it. Yeah. Which I'm glad we talked about it because it mm-hmm. like I I don't know like watching through it, I enjoyed watching through it. But if there wasn't more, if there was more than one season, if it was like four seasons out mm. and I got to like episode five, yeah, I don't know if I would continue. Yeah. It's like, this is really interesting, but this is a lot and I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So I, I, and I don't really, even know how to follow it. And, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad one, you read it and you got there and that there's only one season out. So if you're listening to this in the future and 
like there are more seasons out of the witcher don't be intimidated by that it does start to fall into place because what we what you were saying is that the season one is kind of the prequels that's what it seems like in terms of when season one ends that was kind of when the second prequel book ended so, so that would be my kind of expectation is that yeah <laughs> season so, two will pick up the main storyline and and that's a little bit more chronological in the books it's, it's exactly chronological okay. yeah it's so, not it's not jumping around at all like they'll do flashbacks and yeah, stuff but yeah, you yeah. know it's not like yes yeah, it is told as a chronological story so I'm really excited to see more of that uh, that show. I, I'm really glad that you yep. picked that one up because it, it was really interesting, it, fascinating, pretty gruesome, everything I like. So, absolutely. <laughs> you want to hop into uh, some icebreakers? Oh, I would love to. So let's do one. Okay. And I'm gonna do. I have one that I'm gonna do because our next episode we're talking about Twilight Imperium. Yeah, we're doing so a we're, Twilight Imperium analysis, which is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna be. You're going to have to take so much of my advice because <laughs> I'm going to be taking ha- notes. <laughs> I'll have you know. Yeah. I have almost No, not even almost. I have come close to coming to third place in both of the games that I've played. <laughs> <laughs> One of which was four player. <laughs> yeah. hey, well, hey man. <laughs> a win's a win. A win's uh, a win. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to do a Twilight Imperium episode. Yeah. Uh, which, which is going to be really interesting. I hope for you all, but also for me, because I am not an experienced Twilight Imperium player. Dalton is a very experienced Twilight Imperium player. Yeah. So I get to ask a lot of fun questions. <laughs> yeah. So I came up with an icebreaker question because there was a Twilight Imperium expansion that just came out. Mm-hmm. So the Prophecy of Kings, I believe it's what it's yeah. called. Yep. Which I heard is really good. Yeah. So on the other side of that, what is an expansion that you think made the game worse? I think made the game worse. <laughs> ah. I'm trying to like cover new ground from our expansions. Yeah. Episode, yeah. you know. Yep. Which we didn't really talk about too much of like bad expansions in that episode, I don't think. Right. We talked about Babel. Like Babel. We, ba- we talked about Babel, yeah. Babel is a bad expansion. <laughs> Babel is a <laughs> Babel bad. It's really it's oh. it's really easy. It's an alliteration. You can remember that. You can remember <laughs> don't buy Babel for seven wonders. It's it's really bad. There are there are two that kind of come to mind, so I'm gonna two, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The first is uh, I'll talk just briefly about because I think we maybe touched on it. We at least touched on how terraforming Mars has good and bad. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, that's a low hanging fruit. <laughs> that's low hanging fruit. I bought Venus next. It's like I think the only expansion that I have for terraforming Mars, which is a real travesty. Yeah, you uh, you missed the mark on that one. I missed the mark on that <laughs> one. It was early in my board game career. Um, Venus next basically adds like you can start terraforming Venus, and it. Just it just doesn't need to be in the game. Like it's just yeah. one of those. It's things. already a blow, not bloated, but it's already a big game. It's already right. got a lot going on. Right, and I don't really need just this other terraforming track yeah. in the game. And um, it does add a couple of like corporations, which are kind of cool. Yeah. So like I have some unique corporations that you don't have. Cool. Um, one of them like is like the Microbes Corporation, which you know? is awesome. Yeah. Microbes are OP. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so like you know, there's some small value there, but overall, like. I have played with it and was like, I just prefer to play without this. Yeah. So it's yeah. a direct answer to that question. The other one is, I think also in the expansions episode, we ju- we talked just briefly about some Dominion expansions. We didn't get too much into it. Oh Yeah, some of the 
I think we counted. There were 26 expansions. There's <laughs> <laughs> not 26. I think there was like 13 though, right? I think, yeah, I think 13 is right. Which is crazy. It's, yeah, it's a <laughs> lot. It's like one a year. But anyway, so Dominion Alchemy. I Oh, I, yes. That's a great answer. <laughs> I, I hate Alchemy. It's so it's, bad. It's so bad. And there are like, singular, again, singularly, there are good cards in Alchemy that are fun to play with. But well, I just don't find potions fun to play with at yeah, all. Yeah, so can, let, can you explain yeah, what Alchemy sorry, is a yes, little bit? Yes, absolutely. So... So Dominion, you have like treasure cards and you use your treasure cards when you draw them into your hand. Um, that's your money in the game and you can buy more cards with them. Alchemy said, okay, let's introduce a resource card alongside of money. And so it introduced potion cards. And so you can buy a potion card. Like, first of all, you don't start the game with one. <laughs> Problem number one. Yep. Okay. Like, that means that there are cards in the game that are just inaccessible to you because yep. they will have like a potion icon on them in addition to like regular money costs right and in order to buy them on your turn you have to have that amount of money and you have to have a potion available um as one of your like treasure cards um so then you're in this situation where you're like okay i guess i'll go buy a potion so you like buy a potion um and then <laughs> it goes in your discard pile, it goes in your discard pile. <laughs> so then like you shuffle your deck and you hope like you just hope that you draw <laughs> the potion on the same turn that you get enough money to buy the like that yes. card right and then you're like crap i'm just like you know, there's a whole strategy built around like that card. Like I need more potions, right. but there's not a mechanic that two potions on the same turn does anything for you. Like that's just <laughs> the worst. Like if you draw multiple potions like that, that just doesn't help. Yeah. And so like now you're like buying potions. So you draw them more like frequently, but there's not a reward if you like draw multiple of them. That's so it just ends up in this really ugly, like system where it's, it's an all in like there's, <laughs> yeah, it, there are cards that are like printed in alchemy. that are good enough to where like you do need to go buy a potion and like pursue that single card. Right, okay. But for the most part, most cards that have like a potion on them are, are, can just be ignored. Or again, like they're like that person will go for that all in strategy and everybody else just like ignores it. And it's just really disappointing that that there's like no it's so little interaction between the cards. That's really the beauty of Dominion, right? Is like when you can mix cards from the different expansions and you get these really interesting like interactions and you have it's sort of like a, a puzzle that you solve like right at the game. Um, and Alchemy just kind of like breaks that because <laughs> it, with that. yeah because it fails to interact well with like all of the other expansions yeah the uh the potions are pretty expensive too right yeah they are like, like four? Un they're four yeah which is like too much yeah <laughs> too much yeah um. like uncomfortably expensive um <laughs> and so you end up also like if you are going to do that like your first turn you hope that your seven coppers in your hand of initial 10 cards of which you draw five you hope that you get like a three and a four turn so you can buy like a silver and a potion <laughs> you know and we've played a lot. Of, you've played a lot of more Dominion than I have, but we played a lot of Dominion in like college. And yeah. I think I got like the big box, which came with Prosperity and Alchemy. Yeah. And we played with Alchemy just a handful of times. Right. It was just like this is not fun. Like, it's not fun at all. But um, no, I I agree that that one didn't even pop into my head. I've kind of blocked that one out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just no longer something that I exist with. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And there are just, I think part of it is too, is like there are so many expansions to choose from for Dominion and you don't need to own them all. Um, yeah. Some people like you do because they're completionists. I actually traded all of them away mostly. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, even at the level of gaming that we play, you really only need like maybe two expansions or three to Dominion to right. get the level of replayability that you really want. And Alchemy just will never make that cut. No, absolutely not. Unfortunately, they include it in the big box, uh, yeah, <laughs> which exactly. is the only reason that they actually sell those copies. So. <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to get rid of the inventory. I think people actually kind of like the expansion that I'm going to say. Um, and so that's Evolution Flight. 
Mm-hmm. So Evolution is a it's a really fun kind of game where you're building up dinosaurs and you're trying to fight for food. Yeah. And like Climate is a really good expansion where it adds kind of events or mm-hmm. some things that you have to kind of deal with if it gets hot or super cold. But the the Evolution Flight adds basically another watering hole. You have to like put specific traits cards on your dinosaurs which are cards that you're drawing from the deck which makes your dinosaurs awesome mm-hmm. in order to access that water hole and for whatever reason it just like didn't work for me i was just like okay it just seems like there's too much here and it took so much away from the core dominion which is like this fighting for food yeah and like thematically it makes a lot of sense because like hey i can develop wings i can fly over there and get my own food yeah i don't know it just felt very just like clunky and just like i don't I don't want to have to deal with this, mm-hmm. which is, I think, kind of exactly what you don't want in an expansion. Yeah. And so I, I played it once, and then I, I, I didn't buy it. I mm. played I played a friend's copy, and then I was just like, I'm not, like, this this isn't something that yeah. I'm, I'm looking for. And then, like, when Climate came out, I was kind of hesitant, because Climate's the second expansion to mm-hmm. to Evolution. And I, I, I researched it, I was like, this is a significantly better expansion. So yeah. so Flight is my answer. I, I don't know if you've ever played Flight. I have not, but I can I can see the idea that there's so much like fighting at the watering hole is such a core mechanic yeah, in exactly. the game where if you are building a carnar- carnivore, like you need to be able to like cut food out of the like watering hole. Um, and people will make uh, strategies about like pulling things out of the watering hole at like different times, like either like really early or when other people do things. And then you can like end up in situations where people who are like banking on these really big dinosaurs that have like can eat all of this food. <laughs> yep. They're banking on them being able to die off because of the food that is becoming constricted at the yep. watering hole. There's already like maybe not a ton of nuance to evolution strategy, you know? Yeah. Because those are kind of like the level of interactions you're getting. And so I could see how if flight kind of like starts to strip that out. Yeah. How I exactly. could feel like you're just now kind of missing something from the game that was important. Although I I do really enjoy like the vision of a flying long neck burrowing creature, right? <laughs> <laughs> that just seems thematically amazing. Yeah. So very true. But yeah, so with a population of like six, there's just a bunch <laughs> of them. Just too many. Too many. There's too many of them. <laughs> Body size of like three. Yeah. <laughs> just like tiny swarms of long neck. <laughs> yep. Flight. Oh yeah. It was great talking with you. I'm I'm really looking forward to our next episode, the Twilight Imperium episode. Yeah. And then also, again, I don't know if you've heard by now, but we do have a Red Rising episode coming out. <laughs> oh, <of> my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it cannot be overhyped. Oh, hype. Uh, but go ahead and jump on our Discord, which you can find in the show notes, or you can find if you go to Instagram. And join the book club. We're going to talk about it on an, a biweekly basis. It's yep. going to be a lot of fun. So go ahead and join. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Fantasy and Some Flights. Twitter, we're at and some flights. Connect with us. Talk with us. We enjoy talking with you all. Yeah. And then I look forward to talking with you here in a week. Here in a week. Can't Cheers. Wait. Cheers. Cheers.